Welcome to the 116th episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner Fortgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we have another 2020 football recruit joining us on the podcast. Jordan Mitchell will be on in just a minute. But before we get into that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding or putting together a small luncheon. They have the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for to plan the perfect party. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, contact Allied today for a free quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. If you like our show here, please make sure to like us on Facebook and give us a follow on Twitter at youngterp one and please rate and review this podcast. And now to Jordan Mitchell. Now we bring in Jordan Mitchell to the Young Turfs podcast. Jordan, how are you doing? Good. How are y'all? We're doing just fine here. Let's start off with where you're from. You're from Georgia. How does Mike Loxley make you feel at home at Maryland? Um, Mike Loxley, he's building like a great program, you know. So, like, just the warm atmosphere and environment. He just brings a friendly atmosphere to him. Just seems like a really cool guy and a really good coach. So, yeah. So you were primarily recruited by Brian Williams, correct? Yes, sir. What did you think of him? Because we as Maryland fans aren't super familiar with Brian. What did he say to you that made you really want to come to College Park? I think uh, Coach Williams is a really good guy. Um, he's real straightforward. Uh, stand-up kind of guy. I feel like I can talk to him about anything with football-related and even outside of football. Um, yeah, he's a really he's a, he's a really good coach. Looking at Maryland from an outside perspective, both of us, you know, we've grown up around here, and you know, we've lived around here, gone to Maryland games both of our whole lives. What is the perception of Maryland from a kid from Georgia? Um, it was, it's really nice. Like, when I first got up there, it's between two major cities, you know. It's a lot of internships that'll be, that I could get while I'm down there. It's really nice. I like the college atmosphere that they bring, that University of Maryland brings. Um, yeah, I thought it was real nice. So, you gave an interview with Inside Maryland Sports last month, and you mentioned that you're trying to get some of your other teammates over to College Park. Tell us about why you think they should go to Maryland, or why anyone should really come to Maryland? I think they should come to Maryland because Coach Loxley's building something special up there. It'll be a good opportunity for them. Um, it'll help with life outside of football. Um, they got a real good college atmosphere. I think I'll just be, it's just, Maryland's just a great place to be at. So you play the position of wide defensive end. Can you explain to people what that is? Because, you know, you talk to people that aren't necessarily all into football and, you know, they see the Madden positions, left end, right end. But now we see, you know, like Sam linebacker and what you play, wide defensive end. What is that position? Uh, well, well, at Maryland, I'm really going to be playing the Jack. Like outside linebacker, standing up. So... So is that just like an outside outside linebacker position, or is, yeah. is there something special it's really about like, it? It's the outside linebacker position uh, who, who has the pass rush, and they have 
the ability to drop back in the coverage if they need to. So, Jordan, you're from the Atlanta area, correct? Yes, sir. What do you – I always hear that California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, like they're the best high school – or, sorry, high school high school football states in the country. Is there like a rivalry between Florida and Georgia on who's really better? Georgia, of course. Georgia's better. <laughs> See, we heard we it. We got more right. dogs. We got more dogs down here. Because on a few episodes ago, we heard from uh, Ruben Hippolyte, and he said that Florida, no doubt, is the uh, is the best football state in, no, in no, the country. No, 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 Georgia, Georgia's better. We got we got more dogs. We're tougher. I mean, they might be a little faster and stuff, but we're better overall. So, just going off of that, can you talk a little bit about you know your high school football experience in Georgia? Because I mean, it's just, it's the number one thing to do on Friday night. Here, that might not be the case, but down down south, that definitely is. Yeah, the high school atmosphere is amazing. You know, a lot of people coming out to support you from your school and stuff. Um, the competition is great. Um, get a chance to showcase your skills. Um, yeah, I love it. That's one thing that I really miss about high school. That's one of the major uh, highlights of my high school career is the Friday night light. So, Jordan, who is your favorite NFL football player? Um, oh man, I hate to have to say Khalil Mack or Von Miller. One of those two. There's some solid pass rushers in their own right. Did you grow up a Falcons yeah. fan? Huh? Did you grow up a Falcons the, the fan? Falcons? Oh, no, I did not like the Falcons. I actually like the Saints. They're my favorite team. The Saints? How did a kid from yeah. the Atlanta area turn towards Saints fan? Because I, I really do not like the Falcons. Like, Matt Ryan. Um, I mean, I like Julio Jones and some of the other folks. But the Falcons, I, I don't know. I can't stand them. And the Saints, you know, my mom and some other family like them. So, you know, I, I like them. The Saints are actually pretty good. So, yeah, I like them. I mean, that's reasonable. I can agree with that. You know, Jordan, Jordan and I have had the struggle of uh, being Redskins fans growing up, so we can understand why to root for a team that, that's that's produced some wins. Let's go back to uh, the Maryland experience. Obviously, you talked about Coach Loxley's family environment. Can you explain that a little bit? Because that's really his number one thing. I heard him at the Big Ten Media Days. He's talking about his family environment. What mm-hmm. What makes that want you to come to Maryland, that family environment, as opposed to other places? Um... The family environment is really important, you know. Um, so you come in, you feel welcome, treated as at home. Um, you know that the coach will be with, be there with you at all times, and that you know they won't switch up on you, or you know that um, how do I say this? Um, you can talk to them about anything, like outside of football. Like if you have problems inside. Like, if you have struggles, like, that you're taking as an individual, you don't want to talk to your parents about anything, you can talk to them. And, yeah, I think that's real good to have in the program. All right, I got one more off-topic question here. So, Atlanta is the hip-hop capital of America. Who's your favorite rapper? Um, I'd probably have to say Young Thug. See, I can respect that. I know it's some of the other ones at the table here, but... I respect that one. 
He's all. I mean, he always, and this isn't something that our listeners usually get to hear about. He always judges my music selections. Huh? He always, always has to go after my music selections. Like, even on the podcast, he's never done that before. But you know, he, he just takes shots at it. All right, I got my last one for you, Jordan. This is my last one for you. What makes Maryland the place for you and the place to make your brand? Um, you know, Maryland's doing something real special. Coach Mike Lossley got something real special, you know. Um, going up to Maryland, um, having that many degrees will be real good for jobs and stuff. So if NFL football doesn't always work out, because it's not always certain, you'll have something under your belt to help you go places or to help people, like, want you for those jobs and stuff, like having a good name on your degree. And, yeah. I really think that will be real good. That is one of the better answers I've ever heard to that question. So, do you have anything else, Mason? Nope. Jordan, no. thanks for coming on the Young Turps Podcast. Thank you. And we would like to thank Jordan for coming on the Young Turps Podcast with us. Jordan really talked a lot about the the Michael Oxley mission to make Maryland a really family place. Yeah, he did. And I think that was interesting to hear our crew talk about it was also nice, or well, maybe not nice, it was definitely interesting to hear, just like Ruben Hippolyte did, Jordan Mitchell talked about building his brand at Maryland and how it's a good place to advance your career and be seen, which is something that at least Wayne has said for a while, with us being kind of a Power 5 school with, this is going to sound bad, but I'd say high-level mid-major talent at times, there really is opportunity to be seen if you are an upper-tier player. Now, I don't really think that's the case as of right now. Uh, DJ Durkin brought in a lot of that top-tier talent to Maryland. But, yeah, yeah, it's close. It's a place where if you can really play, you'll be on the field and you'll get your opportunities. Yeah, and you'll stand out among other players. We saw, we keep seeing it, really. Stefan Diggs really stood out in Maryland. Anthony McFarland is now. I think there's just chances if you are an elite talent to really make your mark here. And I think a lot of these players recognize that now. Yeah, so do I. I think Michael Oxley is doing a great job at selling that. Now let's go ahead and get to what we usually start off the show with, the Terrapin Rundown. Jordan, kick us off. Well, the first thing on the docket here today is four Terps have been named a preseason football award list so far. Anthony McFarlane, in addition to being named to the Maxwell Award list, has been named to the Doak Walker Award list for the best running back in the nation. For the fourth consecutive season, a Terp center this year in Johnny Jordan has been named to the Rigmonton Award list as for best center. Uh, Tyler Murray, the Buffalo transfer, was named to the Mackey Award list for best tight end. And finally, Antoine Brooks, named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy Award list for best defensive player in the country. Uh, moving right along with the accolades here, Kathy Reese was named by the Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Coaches Association. She was named Coach of the Year. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure she's won that award before. Yeah, that's kind of hard to argue with, that she would be named that. I mean, her team won the championship yet again. She's just such a great coach that, I mean, the awards are just stacking up. Maybe getting there to the best women's lacrosse coach of all time. Well, certainly in the conversation. Well, I, she probably is. I don't really know the history of women's lacrosse coaching, but uh, she's got to be up there. You would definitely think so. Um, the 2019-2020 women's basketball non-conference schedule has been released. 
headliners are a rematch from last year as the Terps take on number nine South Carolina on the 10th of November in College Park. Uh, that is definitely the home headliner of the season. And they also travel to NC State on December 5th for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Someone is finally playing NC State in the Challenge. Good to see from the Terps women's squad that at least they can get a good matchup in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yannick Ngakwe, back to the football side, is officially holding out of Jaguars training camp for his contract. Former Maryland football coach DJ Durkin is a guest coach with the Atlanta Falcons. Head coach there, Dan Quinn, had to say, the fact that I know this coach firsthand and I know what his character is, and then the due diligence that goes with that. I would certainly hope that anyone covering the team or the fan base knows that I always have the team's best interest in mind and would never put anybody into a space that would be otherwise. Um, I don't really know what to say on this. It's kind of a weird situation. I Dan Quinn is, in at least my opinion, seems to be one of the better coaches out there. He's definitely... I a couple years ago, after the Super Bowl, there's an article about how he reset the Falcons' culture into being one that is supportive of each other and player-focused. So I don't know what that really says here, but it's certainly, of all the coaches in the league, this is definitely one that catches my eye more than most would. I'm going to say this again. Uh, it was time for DJ Durkin to go from Maryland. It was not time for him to be banished from the coaching world all apart. It is not a huge story to me, even in this circle, when DJ Durkin pops up somewhere else. Of course he is. He was the head coach of, I know we all like to go on our own university and say that's a terrible place, they're awful at football, but and that's not really the case. Playing the Big Ten, it's Power 5 conference with a Power 5 head coach that was the defensive coordinator of Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, a guy that has relationships to the NFL. He was the defensive coordinator and interim head coach at Florida. You got a guy here that's obviously going to get coaching opportunities. It's not even, it's not even surprising. I mean, he's doing this for free. He's a guest coach. Same thing that he was at Alabama. He's going to be back in the coaching world in the college, and maybe, maybe somebody will give him a chance in the NFL just because college isn't the place for him anymore because of obvious reasons. Well said, indeed. Um, the English soccer club Arsenal practiced at Ludwig Field over the weekend in preparation for their International Championship Cups or preseason game at FedEx Field on, I believe, was it Tuesday? It should uh, pop up on some recruiting materials from Maryland soccer, but it's pretty cool overall, I think. Yeah, I think it was. And that, in those images, it might have been the best condition that I've ever seen Ludwig Field in. <laughs> yeah, that may be the case. Um, in other College Park news, University of Maryland has officially canceled all classes after noon on Friday, September 27th, which is, of course, the Penn State game, in order to clear parking out for the 8, 8, 8 p.m. game for Maryland versus Penn State University. Um, Friday night games have been a bit of a point of contention in the Big Ten for this reason and the impact they have on college, or sorry, high school football games, but... I mean, it makes sense logistically, but it's maybe not a traditional Maryland move. As no, I didn't expect them to do it at all. I mean, the school's all about the academics. They don't care about sports. It just made sense that they just weren't going to do anything. They were going to leave an absolute mess on campus on that day. But somebody had a brain and thought about it. I suppose so. It definitely does make sense because... Well, the athletic department themselves said in a statement that they expect 50,000 or more people for this game, which 
Uh, could be mostly Penn State fans like last time, but still, it's 50,000 people, and you want to clear as much parking as you can, clear as many kids out as you can who might get in the way or don't want to partake in the festivities. And I think that this shows maybe someone's learning something out there. Or the conference told them to do it, like everybody else. But the, the fact is this game has been pushed off for some time. The Terps, I uh, think we all remember a few years ago, they were blown out by Northwestern in College Park. That game was supposed to be on a Friday night. Maryland's dodged a bullet with this Friday night game a few times already. But this should be a good game. You're right, there should be over 50,000 people there. It should be a great experience. I don't see it, given that it's going to be on a weeknight, you know, Friday night. I think it's going to be a little bit harder for all those Penn State fans to get down here. But there is a lot of hype, especially from this Maryland community. If they were able to beat Temple and Syracuse, you know, come into this game 3-0, and taking on Penn State, who should be ranked at that point. I don't really know what's going on there. You know, you can go and point at the fact that they've lost 20 scholarship players out of the James Franklin program, a lot of them going down to Joe Moorhead and Mississippi State. But it should be a competitive-ish game. Penn State right now is released as a 14-point favorite over the Terps. Nah, not surprised. And our last note here on the list. So, Mason, who would be your favorite Terp over the last 10 years Maryland basketball? I would have to go with Grimace Vasquez. And I think many people would agree with you, and maybe even some would put Grimace in the top five Terps of all time. Certainly my favorite of all time. Well... Well, in the article for The Athletic, uh, written by Ben Standing, who usually covers the Wizards, it kind of dives into what Grievous has been up to the last four years since he left the league. Um, he says he struggled with depression after he left because, uh, honestly, if he didn't get hurt, he'd still be playing. We all know that. But since getting back on his feet, he's getting back into coaching, mostly in the NBA so far. He also admits back in his playing days, he wasn't the most athletic player. He had to outsmart people, had to out-technique them, and that's what he brings to the table as a coach. And he can also really teach players that their career, even if it's tracking well, isn't going to last forever. Something, an injury can happen, like happened to him, and that would just be it. Um, not much else going on here. He's not looking for a handout quote. He wants to pay his dues as he moves up the coaching toting pole. Um, but here's the quote that we are all looking for. I think College Park is fine with Coach Turgeon right now. I just want to be where I'm at, learning. I love it, but I'm still young. I have lots to learn. I'm not ready for that. Eventually, I'd like to help my school and help my school win basketball games. No disrespect, close quote. No disrespect to the jobs Kronaki Pint, but Grievous Vasquez, Maryland, but Grievous Vasquez, Maryland's men's basketball coach 2030 sounds pretty fascinating. Why not? Vasquez responds with his grin spinning across his face. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, that seems like him. That seems like something he would say. We've had a few conversations. I mean, I'm sure you can find them on YouTube. Gravis Vasquez, he joined us. I think it was after they lost to Michigan State a few years ago. He was honored at the game. He joined us on the post game. He had a press conference before the game. But really, and now he is down. He's still in those NBA circles. Right now he's down in Santo Domingo. In the, I believe that's the, the Dominican Republic. Uh, sounds about right to me. And he's down there with a bunch of guys from the NBA. I believe they were honoring Al Horford with something from the Players Association. I don't know. I saw it on his Instagram story the other day. Well, Grievous, I mean, it's something you hear in the fan base just organically, too, is who do you think Maryland's next coach should be? You, what, one of the things I think you're most likely to hear is either Steve Blake, who's assistant with the Suns now, or Grievous Vasquez. 
that just seems to me, and I'm just, I'm just speaking as from, I guess, my own thoughts about this. Those guys both seem like people that a university would hire to save their program. This program really doesn't need saving right now. I mean, obviously, it's on a downturn in terms of fan interest and fan really happiness. But I really can't say NBA assistant coaches coming into college programs. I know we've seen it with the Georgetown job, which necessarily hasn't worked out, and Juwan Howard and Michigan and, you know, all these guys. But I, I just don't see that still as a really successful way of doing things. I think more than anything, the appeal of a former player coming back to his university just piques people's interest. It's it's good to see. It's what you want to see. You want to see people who played for the program. But I don't I don't think that's it with Maryland. I think with Maryland, people are looking to bring back the passion that the players played with and that grit, and maybe they weren't the best players ever, but you sure as hell knew they were trying their hardest. That's what people are trying to bring back to Maryland. Because whether they are or aren't right now, which I... Honestly, I used to think that I knew, but I really don't think that anymore about these guys that are currently at Maryland. But people are looking for that, and they think that Steve Blake and Graves Vasquez are two guys that can bring that aspect back to Maryland. And what's weird about that is, in terms of consistency, I don't know if they would be any better with that style than they are right now. Oh, it's hard to argue. It's really hard to take the next step. As we always say, you know, what is the next step for us? We are preseason top ten right now. We are packed with talent. We have some of the best players in college basketball on the team. What's the next step? You want to turn into a... I, I don't think it is the next step. I actually think it's a step backwards. Probably. And a step towards people knowing what the product is. Because right now they might be a top ten team. They might be whatever. But if you walk up to, I don't know, let's say a hundred people at the Maryland-Howard game and ask them about the basketball program. I believe that a lot of people will say, we got a bunch of talent this year, but we have no idea where we're going. I bet you would run into people that think they'll end the season not even ranked. Look, and that's a belief, yeah, it's an issue with fan belief. It's the issue with the marchers and era in a nutshell if people don't believe in him. Maybe the players do, and maybe they'll surprise everybody and make the Final Four next year. It's not out of their own possibility. I think if you told me that now, I wouldn't be too surprised. Oh, I would. But there's a difference between us, even. But, people don't believe in him. And at some point, your fans have to believe in you. They have to not constantly be doubting what you're doing. Because if the fans aren't into it, what's the point? Seriously, what's the point? Your, your goal as a, as a team should be to get fan engagement, alumni engagement up, and win games. If you're only doing one... And raise... Oh, hold on. And raise money. And raise money. Because right now, they're struggling towards that $20 million basketball facility. I didn't know that, but that's another update that you might have heard here. Um, yeah, and if you're only doing one or two of those goals, you have to really take a look at what you're doing. And it's hard to justify from a team perspective, yes, firing Mark Trojan. If that's kind of what this has come back to. Because you're preseason top ten, you're recruiting well. They're, like, how much can you really expect one coach to do and who are you going to replace him with right now that's another question you can't hire Steve Blake after one year with the Phoenix Suns who was, I'd be shocked if won 30 games you can't hire Grievous Vasquez right now I mean you could but it would probably I don't think it'd be the right move so I don't know what you expect 
Yeah, and I think that's it. Right now, I mean, there's no talk about firing him. And you're right, neither of those guys are options right now. But let's face it, we got a team that's ranked in the top 10 preseason. It should be an exciting year. And the only way, I mean, there is a way where they, you know, they're not good this year. Or they get slapped by the NCAA or, you know, that stuff. But the, really the only way they can see this year not going well from the athletic department's perspective is if they don't get the same solids that they were getting when they were ranked similarly in... 2015? 2015, yeah. All right, we'll end that little segment with hashtag 2030 And before we talk about the little basketball uniform updates, we got one more thing to shout out. The Old Line Tailgating Club is now only $1,700 away from being able to send those 5,000 kids to the first game of the season against Howard for the Terps football team. $10 gets one kid to the game, raise a little bit of money, help support this team in the first game of the Mike Loxley era. You can donate to them at oldlineclub.com and now back to basketball yep we got one more item on the list here finally Maryland basketball has some new much simpler threads going into 2019 yeah I love the Maryland pride look but the Maryland basketball uniforms were a clown show yeah they looked they looked fan made they looked like something you'd make it like I mean it's outdated now but like NCAA football 14 just like you put everything on there in team builder as many items as you could. These new ones are very simple. They're basically one color for for the white, red, and black. I haven't seen the gold ones yet. They have... It's really simple, really. The red ones are just red, white letters that say Maryland, numbers that are white with like a very faint gold outline, and the Maryland M on the sh- shorts. You know what uniforms I like? The throwback ones. The white ones that they wore against Georgetown the one year, the script Maryland stuff that they had last year, the throwback stuff. They... You know, there's almost a part of me that says last year when they actually could have gone off with the opportunity to wear those kinds of things for the whole season, just like Maryland football could have when they had those red uniforms that they wore against Penn State a few years ago, and then they had those gold ones that they wore in the uh, Maryland football, like, 125 game, I believe, against Indiana. You have years where you could have gotten away with wearing the stuff the whole season. I think both teams should have done it, because honestly, I like those uniforms more. I really like the Maryland throwback uniforms, the white ones from Georgetown. Those are some of my favorite ones I think we've ever worn. Um, but, yeah, we have new ones now. They're simple. They're nice. You can see them on Maryland's Instagram page. Check them out for yourself. But I really like them. I think they're much more basketball look. They have a crew neck instead of a V-neck cut, which I am a big fan of. I'm not a fan of the V-neck basketball look. They honestly look like Nike uniforms to me. Like kind of I don't think they look like Nike uniforms. They, they just look like basketball uniforms. Well... That says it all right there, then. Cause they, I just did not like the experimentation that Under Armour did with basketball recently. I, they're, basketball uniforms have a very specific look to me. That's not true. You really... Oh, I mean, to you, yeah, sure. But look at the jerseys that they wore in the early 2000s. They were all baggy, and, you know, you even go back from, like, that to, like, the Fab Five. You know, this baggy look with really long shorts. That's changed. Well, yeah, we do. They do shorter shorts now. I don't know what you're trying. That's to not what I'm saying. It's more of a compression look that has more of an athletic build to it, an athletic look to it. Yeah, it goes to styles, but I think fundamentally, you can still point them and say the basketball jerseys. I well, you can point at the ones that Maryland wore last year and say they're basketball. They looked. Jerseys. They had too much going on. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, but they weren't okay. But you're saying that they weren't basketball jerseys, which is just no, no they look like a fashion statement. But not all the Under Armour jerseys look like that. I think, generally speaking, Under Armour jerseys have too much going on. 
How are you going to say the ones that just say, like, South Carolina on them have too much going on? Even those have some weird design choices. Like, they have the... Wish but so does the Nike ones with the patterns on the back. I just think they all look stupid. I'll be honest, the football jerseys, all right, fine. The helmet's a little bit too much. The basketball jerseys, they were ugly. But all these basketball jerseys with the weird, like, pattern when you shine the light on them, like, I just don't like them. I just think they're ugly. I don't disagree. I think that if Maryland sticks to this look, then you actually got a real thing. You look like a serious team that's ready to win something and not, you're right, trying to make a fashion statement. I'm tired of this whole look. I like the football jerseys they wore in the spring game with the simple thing with the number on the top and it had a little bit of the flag on it, but it doesn't look like they're going to wear those. And I wouldn't be surprised if these were just for some pictures and they're, not, they're never going to wear them. If that were the case, someone's getting an angry letter in the mail for me. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so Maryland Athletics should look out for that angry letter for Jordan when they disappoint him about the uniforms. But I believe, Jordan, that makes you the one that's looking for a fashion statement. I just want us to look like a basketball team. All right, well, that's enough for the uniform talk, and that is a wrap for this episode of the Young Turps podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at YoungTurp1. And we will be back next week on the show previewing the Maryland football defense. We did the offense last week. Make sure to go check that out. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors on the Young Turps podcast, Viner Four Gates and Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. Viner Four Gates is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900. Allied Party Rentals in Beltsville, Maryland, is the place for all of your party needs, big or small. You can visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. We will be back next week on the podcast talking about Terps football as more inside of 40 days from kickoff. That's it for this podcast, and as always, thanks for listening.